You know what I saw the other day? What's that? Speaking of the birds. I saw, I think it was the 2011 World Series when David Fries hit that double. When they were down, bottom of the ninth, two runs to tie the game. And then in the 11th inning, walk-off home run. Birds win. World Series. Bang. Nuts. Nuts. I don't, I don't think... Uh how many games of baseball have you watched since that moment? Since that moment? Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I probably watched an entire year's worth of White Sox baseball in 2016. I'm so sorry. Jesus. I know, man. Listen, my summers were consumed of a lot of nothing. I thought you were going to say like 2008 or something. No, you know? man. I watched like a whole season in 2016 when I was at home for the summer. Damn. And I didn't do shit. That's all I did all summer. I watched baseball, hung out with my friends. You woke up in the it. morning, you knew who was pitching today. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't touch it. I haven't watched a baseball game since I went to the Sox game the end of May, probably May 28th. More Sox games than I've been to this year. That's fair. I wouldn't show up there. Uh, it's not even a question. I like the place. I just... If I'm going to go to a ball game, I'd, I'd rather go to Wrigley. I know. It's unfortunate. And up until last week, my streak was at 25 games. It's a good streak, though. 25-1. and one, You can't hang your hat on that at all. No, I, was, I, I walked out of that stadium with respect. Yeah. Respect you, to God for letting it last <laughs> that long. You just tip your cap. That's really it. That's all you do. You tip your cap and you head over to Moe's Cantina. And they scored 14 runs in two innings. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, at least you chalked it up pretty quick. Yeah, right? I bet the under too. That wasn't <laughs> so. You chalked that up too quick. No, but, but they were uh, they were down three zero to what like the, the sixth fi- inning, dude. Why does that happen every time with you? I know it's always that till the, with us? the yeah. later innings. It yeah. always happens. Yeah, it's kind of quiet game. We talked about that one guy who was launching his entire bankroll that on the Cubs was game. Great. And his girl was sitting right next to me. She had no clue. She was so angry. She had no clue she wasn't getting dinner that night. <laughs> Dude, poor chick. Oh, my God. She was so mad because he just wasn't saying anything, but just <laughs> mumbling his words, tapping on his screen, hitting deposit, <laughs> tapping on his screen. $50 bets, next pitch. It, w- it was exhilarating. And every single bet, I think, was losing. <laughs> if he would bet ball, it'd be strike. He'd bet... He'd bet. Uh, he'd bet strikeout. It'd be a hit. Like it was. It was. It was bad. I didn't see that bad degeneracy even in Vegas. I did. You just had to pay attention to it. I wasn't paying. I was paying attention to my own problems. You, you know what's crazy <laughs> is people during that trip walked in, sat at the same table you were playing. This happened to me too. So, walk in, sit at the same table you're playing at, and blow five months of your salary. You didn't even realize it. <laughs> In 30 minutes. In 30 minutes. Yeah. It, 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 the, the craziest, like, wow moment, something like that happened was it was a Tuesday. It was a Tuesday in Manchester. I was 18. And I said, I had a little break from the family activities. So I took a excursion to the casino. Yeah. Sat at the blackjack table. 10 pounds a hand. I'm playing 10 pounds a hand. I'm playing three hands. I'm just having a good time. Play for about 20 minutes. Some random guy in a hoodie sits down with 5K. Three hands gone. Jesus. Leaves. Comes back. 5,000 more. 
Three hands gone. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was he Leaves. playing? $1,500 hands? $1,500, 2000 Then he'd throw it all in the last hand. And then the second one, I think he had a double, a $1,500 double, which lost. So already out three. Oof. So he leaves for a little while. And I start losing. But right before I end up losing all my chips, I only brought like 50 bucks. But regardless, right before I lose, he comes in, sits down with 10 grand. And I'm like, holy Shit. And there, there's no one in the casino. It is Tuesday at 3 p.m. There is not a soul at the blackjack area. <laughs> there's a couple girls sitting at the slots, having a good time, drinking on a Tuesday, and me sitting at the blackjack table with this dealer and the pit boss and this random guy in a hoodie. And he has 10000 after he's already lost 10000 mm. And he loses the 10000 but he loses it a little bit longer. I lose, and I just stood there and watched him. And he loses the 10,000. This dude lost 20,000 pounds. So we're talking $30,000. That's disgusting. In about, in about 40 minutes. That's incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, we got John Sig. He's in the background making some jokes. He's got a DeKalb sweater. Represent. Where'd you get that DeKalb sweater? Where? Recently? Like, how recently? <laughs> Month ago, uh, a hand. I might buy I one. You know what's strange? It's yeah, isn't that a company? Corn company? Corn silage? What silage that mean? Do you know? No idea. That's interesting. You know what's funny though? I've met more people this year. New people, new people, from that went to Northern and know about Northern. That was not from here. What, one of our dealers. This <laughs> is a list hilarious. So you should hear this. This is a pretty funny We're story. We're playing craps. And so they check your ID at the table, right? Which so, casino? Bellagio. Bellagio. Las Vegas? Yep. In Las Vegas. In Vegas. Where, 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 where else is there? Bellagio. Uh, so, uh, they check our IDs. And he goes, Northern Illinois? I'm like, we're like, <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you know that? He goes, I used to live there. I lived there for 15 years. 15 years, some random uh, craps dealer. Sitting in Las Vegas, lived in DeKalb for 15 years. I'm so sorry to that guy. That's horrible. I couldn't make. I barely made it four. I mean, he made it out the mud. So he did make it out the mud. Now he lives in Vegas. Hey, dude, I did dealing. five. You, you I did, did five. No, in three you, of those months were completely no, alone. You did four and a half. You, I did four and a half. I did you, four and a half. You gave up the same amount of time I did. I did three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. We both were sick. We were, we got so sick of it that we left. Literally like halfway in a semester. What happened? What you did is what Vapor and I did a year later. Yeah. It would. It was March. It was, yours was even maybe earlier than that. But it was March, and we were both like, "What are we doing here?" I know. <laughs> Let's go home. Do you know what's funny? I left after Thanksgiving break, and when I left <laughs> the White House that day, I knew I wasn't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Bro, I'm gone," and I'm not telling anybody either. I'm just gonna dip head out and get my shit together you know i'm the type admittedly i'm the type of guy to tell people i'm not going to tell anybody and proceed to like tell the building as i'm walking out and i'm like no i don't want to tell anybody (laughs) but you actually just disappeared like that uh yeah homer meme yep i had enough and honestly the irish goodbye at first at first the first my first thought of irish goodbyes were that they were selfish the more i've aged 
the more I realized how much of a statement piece the Irish goodbye <laughs> is. The Irish goodbye is a statement piece because you know what? If you Irish goodbye and no one realizes you're gone for a few hours, it tells you something. I mean, you'll never know, but it tells you something. It does. It, 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 means, it means nobody was thinking about you for however long it took for you to leave. And if you Irish goodbye, and you Irish goodbye suddenly, and everyone's like, where did this guy go? Where did they go? Especially if, you were, if you're going on a journey. Yeah. I think it's great to just show up X months later, you never came back. <laughs> but it's great to just show up. It's great to just show up and 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 have a whole new new slate to things instead of going out on this like egotistical banner. You just go go get the work done. Yeah, you know what? I think my thoughts on the Irish goodbye have actually changed. The reverse. The reverse of what you just said. Yeah. That's fair. No, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. The, the only reason why is because I definitely used to do it more, especially in college. Like, I would just dip. And not really that it's a selfish thing. I don't think it's selfish. I think, like, there are people who that's, like, their MO. Like, they leave, they're gone, and they won't come back. You won't see them for a week, and you just catch up, like, old times when they're, when they're fucking back. That's not my problem. The problem with it that I have is, like... If you're with like day ones and you're with like real pe- like people that you actually give a shit about, a little scummy. It's a little scummy, and you gotta. Da- I feel like you gotta dap them up, or you gotta let them know what your next move is. At least in the in that situation, just for like the day one thing. I'm not saying if you're at a party with 40 people and you don't know any of them, and you don't just walk out the building. That's okay. I'm saying if you're in a room with eight or nine of your like squadron, your day ones, your rider dies, your wolf pack, you know, you, you dap them up, you leave. I, I, I would agree with that statement. Okay. I, I think, I think though, personally it would be like even less. It'd probably be like three people. That's fair. Like, Hey, got to go do something. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. You know, but good, ri- good riddance. Sayonara. <laughs> Cause Nobody wants to live in DeKalb anymore. No, no one wants to live in DeKalb. It's crazy, man, that that school is still getting funding. (laughs) (laughs) I just, just, it's like it was voted one of the worst aesthetically pleasing campuses in the entire nation. You remember that article? I, I, I do remember that article. And I remember not caring at all. Like, I never expected DeKalb, Illinois to be anything special. I didn't expect it. To, I don't expect it to be Champaign, which has its own problems, but I didn't expect it to be anything crazy. And I think it's exactly what you pay for. I think it's, it's co- exactly what you pay for. No, it's completely fair. I agree with that point. You pay for New Hall as the newest thing. I just think that when you get ranked that low on a national survey, Off. you're not going to get the quality of student that you expect to get. Like, I feel like people who go to NIU think they're in some sort of class that they're, you know, they're not. I, uh, why? Because they're just, they're just people going to college? Yeah, yeah. I think that they just think they're like, I think they think NIU is the pinnacle of college and it's the pinnacle of education, the pinnacle of fun. And I just don't, like, there are thousands of examples in the U.S. that, like, immediately shut that theory down. I, I, I guess, I, I do remember certain people being a little stuck up for the situation that everybody else was in. You know, it's like you go to NIU. It's not like you go to Notre Dame or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I, I would somewhat agree with that. Yeah. I think, you know, you and I both went to NIU knowing it was a low cost school. 
right? Like student debt was probably on the forefront of our minds when yeah, we went I to mean, college. Yeah, I mean, the value trade-off was what did it for me. Exactly. You still got a solid degree. Their business school is well-renowned in Illinois, at least. And at the end of the day, you're still close enough to home that if you need to be there for any sort of occasion, family, friends, random events, you can still get back. I think the the money smart people went to NIU. Oh, 100% agree. The, 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 that, and that was the one thing, especially I saw with a lot of like engineering friends that I had, is they were, they were good, man. They, I think they could go to any university and do well in their engineering program. It was hard everywhere. But they were at, a lot of them were at NIU with really good grades and could have gone to other places. That's the other thing. I really I didn't have good grades. I it's not like I could go anywhere better. But these kids could, and they still went to NIU because of how much how much it costs. And yeah, I I think for the for the money, if you're just getting a degree, like even I've somewhat taken back my stance of, you know, not that I think you should go to college to get quote-unquote bullshit degree you shouldn't but if you were the amount you'd be out at niu is just way less you could recover from that i don't think you can recover from 150 bands and student loan debt with and having nothing to show for it mm-hmm. i really i just don't think how do you how do you get back from that realistically it's very hard student loan debt is unfortunately one of the hardest you can't go bankrupt to escape from it. You can't escape from it. Yeah. You can literally, can, you can go bankrupt and lose your house and have your credit card debt wiped and have your loan agreement, private loan agreements, and you can have your stock taken. You cannot have your student loan debt taken off your record in any way. Yeah. Through any action besides death, which makes no sense. And with those payments getting kicked back on this month, it's August now. It's August 1st today, right? Mm-hmm. Those payments are accruing interest now for everybody, right? And we all got, myself included, because I have one of these these loans, a two-year break. And honestly, kudos to the people that, kudos to the people that paid it off. Because you know what? I sat there and thought that it made no sense to make a payment because it was at 0% interest and payments were not being asked of me. So no interest was accruing. So to me, the smart financial decision was is to not pay off the loan. Because why would you? It's a 0% loan. They're not even asking for payments. But looking back on it, I feel like, oh, so now now that it's it's actually hurting my bottom line and it hurts hurting everybody's bottom line who has it, now I'll start making payments. I think this is where some of the Dave Ramsey stuff may not actually be all too far-fetched. I'm no. not a fan of the debt snowball. I think it makes no sense that if you have a $50,000 debt that has a higher interest rate or you'll be paying more in interest per month than a $10,000, $15,000 debt, that you shouldn't be paying off the $50,000 debt first. Yeah. No reality where I would ever recommend that. That makes no, no sense. But e- even in an environment where, sure, you could have made 20% on your stocks, which let's say your student loans were ten thousand. You put ten thousand in the stock market. You make twenty percent. You have twelve thousand, right? Yeah. At the same time, I think there's something to be said about cutting a three hundred dollar a month cost out from under you, because you had an opportunity to pay it all off at zero percent and however fast you wanted to. 
Yeah, it's very true. What uh, what else made you not want to do it? You just were like, fuck it. What I guess well, part of it was is I was still in school, right? So oh, that's taking true. out the time that I was still in school, it 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 was one of those where it was an excuse to not pay it, and it's not like there was any repercussions of of, of not paying it, right? Because yeah. if I didn't pay it, it's not like my credit score went down. There was nothing being asked of me, and it wasn't accruing interest, so mm-hmm. the balance was just there. And yeah, it, numbers wise, yeah, of course it makes sense to put that money somewhere else. But I think if most people are honest with themselves, is where are you really putting that money? It goes back to that thing I, that we've talked about this podcast before about is moving out of your parents' crib. Yeah. Right. There's the group of there's the group of people that stayed in their parents' crib and saved all that money, but that's not as much as you th- as the broader group that said they were, that ended up blowing it all at the bar. You know, it really becomes. Okay, well, were you putting that money into a good places, into investments? Even if those investments didn't do good, were you planting seeds that are going to eventually flourish into trees because you made those investments now? But at the same time, I think people's relationship with debt has been very skewed for the past two to three years. For sure. Yeah. COVID really screwed that up. I mean, the same thing happened in the rent world. Like, you, a lot of people were getting a pass for like a couple years of not paying any rent, and landlords couldn't do anything about it. All because of, covid laws and covid regulations that got put in place when the lockdown started but like yeah i feel like people for a long time were living like their debt didn't matter and like it wasn't going to catch them and now i think the realization starting to hit people with inflation as high as it's been interest rates as high as they are everything's going to start just catching up so yeah you have to have a plan if you don't have a plan right now you're in a tough spot man a really tough spot do you follow cody sanchez I, I don't know. She's the um, she's basically this chick who owns a bunch of small businesses. Okay. And um, she's starting to blow up kind of on like the TikTok and YouTube space. Mm-hmm. But um, she I just saw a video of hers that said that student or that general consensus in the United States is that college is a waste of time and money. Forty nine percent of people who answered to the survey, said college is a waste of time and money. And um, I wanted to know, one, I think we kind of touched on this before, but I want to know, one, your thoughts on that. Because to me, that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me too much with the way, like, our, well, the way social media has popped off and the other different avenues you can make money. But it's an interesting take for sure because I feel like 20 years ago, I'm sure that 49% was really maybe like 15 or 20%. It was probably a much smaller number. I completely agree. I think it's a multi, I think it's a, probably three things. One, the cost ratio back then was not as high as it is now, right? Uh, two, put aside the money. People's interaction in college today is far different than what it was when we were freshmen six years ago and it's far different than what it was in the 80s in fact i think i i genuinely believe that we are our experience in college especially the first three years before covid were much more like how people in america's was in the 80s than what it even is today Mm, that's interesting right we started off having to go to class there was very few online classes. There were your one credit bullshit classes. Mm. Every other class you had to go to. There was more events that were held on campus. And this is at every campus. There are now more events 
that are held online. Yeah. Right. Than there were in 2017 across every single campus on the country. Right. There was more things that you had to do on campus. The dining hall was open longer. Right. All of these new newer constructs that we've built in college that make it easier to obtain a degree to a certain extent study, which is a different dichotomy you got to tattle with. But socially speaking, even if you were not a social person, you had to interact with people socially in a capacity. At some capacity, if you were an on-campus or off-campus student living near your college, you had to interact with people way more on a daily basis in 2017 than you do today. Yeah, that's very we true. existed in college in a post-COVID environment where they finally started bringing back classes. You were you were done, but I was in that environment. It was not the same. That's really weird. And you know what? I think that uh, that's a huge disservice to anyone going to college as well. And what have we agreed upon as... The main value that we got from college. Oh, Two the, things. The interaction. Personal growth and all the friends we've made. Yeah. Right? All of the of the deep interactions that we've had because of going to college, we were all confined within a s- similar space trying to obtain a similar goal. <laughs> Dude, I think it's 80% of my value from college was the interactions that I had. And the people that I met. It's 95% the people that I met, the friends I made. Yeah. The other 20% is the piece of paper that, by the way, I graduated with a degree and the field that I'm in right now is not at all what I graduated school for. So it yeah. like, it's, it's like, realistically, that is the entire college experience, I feel like. Also, the did, did, you ever, did you ever think of this when you were at graduation? When you saw the list of people, you heard the list of people, and you were like, damn, that kid graduated? Oh, yeah. With your degree. With your degree. Right? Damn. That kid really graduated. And it's makes you think. Yeah. It makes you think. And when you get to the real world, you'll meet people with your degree. Now, okay, if you're a caveat this, if you're a chemical engineer, if you're already a doctor, if you're already certain things, this prob- there's a different standard. But I guarantee you every doctor knows another doctor that's like, I have no idea how that person's a doctor. Yeah, for sure. Right? Even at the highest level of standard of professional care, every professional knows another professional that they have no idea how they got there. Yeah. And it makes you it just makes you think. And you look at the you look at the broad scale of the talent pool is is this degree really that worth it? If and you know what? To a degree there's a lot of ego in a lot of that statement. But we can all sit there and be real with ourselves and just think. The degree you got more than likely doesn't have as much weight as maybe you think. Yeah. It's weighed down. So many degrees are weighed down by bullshit. Oh, agreed. A hundred percent. I uh, I had a conversation recently with somebody who is currently in college and they're getting a journalism degree. Um, but they're like really into it. They want to do broadcast journalism and they had an internship in D.C. this past summer. Nice. And so the internship in D.C. allowed them to interview a White House representative, a state senator. They worked for a really small news company there, but because it was a small company and they were the first intern ever, they they had to do a lot of hands-on work that they probably wouldn't have been able to do at an NBC or a Fox. 100%, right. Um, And I think the reason I'm saying this is at the end of him telling me all this stuff, he asked me, he was like, well, what do you think, like, what do you think is 
more what's going to be most valuable for me to do like after this now because he's trying to kind of create a roadmap for the next two years because he graduates next year and i basically told him i was like dude you know what's funny is like me personally i believe that the experience that you have whether that's an internship whether that's a job that you're currently working now whether that's something that you're doing on the side is going to pay you 10x what the piece of paper that you just studied four years for will and i feel like a lot of college students don't understand that and it may be a hard pill to swallow because they just spent the last four years studying late nights and taking classes they didn't want to take and maybe getting out of their comfort zone every once in a while to join clubs and what have you but I genuinely believe at the end of the day what matters on a resume what matters in life is a hundred percent your experiences really nothing your degree matters for sure to get to some places it's a foot in the door but after that, once your foot's in the door, your degree, nobody gives a shit about your degree. Like, I know where I work currently, it's never talked about ever. Like, hey, where'd you go to school? Now, some of the MBA programs are, mm-hmm. like those are mentioned because those are later, those are more advanced, later stage degrees. So those are more recent for a lot of people. But nobody talks about their undergrad ever. Mm. And so when I heard that Cody Sanchez statement saying that 49% of people don't value a college degree anymore it makes sense to me because i think everyone's realized with the amount of technology we have now ai right we have ai we have things like chegg we have coursera we have edx all these places that you can get free content and free material from college professors you can do almost the same amount of you can get almost the same amount of value that you would in terms of a learning per- and from a learning perspective doing that sort of thing as opposed to getting a four-year degree i genuinely believe that now i'm not saying that i didn't love my four years at college again we've spoken about this on the podcast i feel like going to college was 100 percent the best decision i made mostly because of the interactions that i had there but if you were to take me if i was 17 or 18 now and you were to tell me hey do you know what you want to do with your life i would probably maybe go a different route i toyed i toyed with it quite a bit when i was 18 patrick but david made a book in 2017 called uh drop out and get schooled and he talked about it was a very short book by patrick but david and it was i made my dad read it very short book basically explaining everything everything that we've said on the past podcast about every all the problems with college right and I, I read the book, and I sent him a snap video question saying, I read your book, but I'm currently like planning on going to school to study accounting. You know, is, uh, a- along with other things, more like explaining my long-term vision of, of, of just wanting to know business, his mindset was more, and he replied to me and was kind of like, you know, not whatever you pick can make a lot of money was the point he was trying to prove. He's like, I know somebody who, who's an accountant. He makes 50 million a year, right? It's, and it basically was like, learn sales. You could do this thing, but basically whatever you pick if you just go at that hard enough, you will make a lot of money, right? And so I think 
that people don't count the time that was spent, number one, figuring it out as value time. Mm. I think everybody thinks the time before proceeding knowing what to do with their life was useless. And it's just not. You know what I mean? And I think whether college got you a job that you wouldn't have got if you didn't have a degree, which got you a different job in a different area that made you that, that you really liked, which got you the real your real dream job, but you would have really never got there if you never got that useless degree. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you don't use the degree. No one's saying you're going to use the degree. Right? It's where the degree got you because of the first door. Right? And I think college is fantastic for that. Look at applying for jobs in, in, in people in our position and look at people who are seniors in high school or in college. How easy it is for them to get a job. They have fairs at their schools, depending on how big your school is, is depends on how big the fair is. You go to a big-ass school, there are thousands of businesses aside from the big boys in whatever industry you're in that want to recruit you. Terminex. Right. <laughs> if you go to NIU, they definitely want to recruit you. Um, don't don't go work there. Um, but regardless, it is not. It's so easy to get a job mm-hmm. as a college senior. It is versus if you're 24 and you need to look for a job. It's true. You know what I mean? It's some of those things that the access, right? And yes, we've harped on the value is in the social. It. it somewhat of your degree got you where you are if you're 29 now. Maybe it's not as much as you wanted it to be, but it could have been indirectly. And what so basically my, the point of what I'm trying to say is out of that, that 50% doesn't understand the hidden value that, they, that they're bringing because they're not far enough along on the journey yet. I don't think, right? You're right. It's like, it's, like, it's like losing or gaining weight, right? All the failed reps before that mattered. All of them. Travis Scott. <laughs> I wanted to pivot to that. I wanted, All right, let's do it. I wanted to, unless unless you had something to no no that that, that that was a good cap. I really had no words for the end. I think that was a powerful last statement. So I think we shut that. So I um. I texted you, at around five a.m. The day the Travis album came out. Yeah. And I woke up fired up. Regardless, <laughs> I had a lot of work to get done. And I had a killer workout planned. I, I just turned that on and started moving as soon as I woke up, right? Supplemented with coffee and nicotine. But I got up and I got moving. And I listened to that album and I played the whole thing through and was like, holy shit, this is pretty good. I didn't skip anything once. Now, the second time through I did, I, I told you that I thought that it was really, really good. The second time I listened to it, I bumped, I basically had it at like an eight. I bumped it to a nine and I'm back down to an eight again, but I think it's a great album. Okay. You, on the other hand, mm-hmm. had a different experience than I did. Yeah, I did. I want to actually hear why you want, I, I want to hear first why you call it an eight or nine so I can rebuttal with why I think it's not. Fiend, um, <laughs> why do I think it's an eight or nine? I yeah. think that it is an eight. Okay. Not a nine. Okay. I think it's an eight. I got caught up in the hype, you know. Um, It's all right. We all do. Yeah, right? Come on. Um, I think it's an eight because of the production. Okay. The production on that album deserves an award. 
I'm not saying that there weren't bad songs. There were. A couple I skipped now. But I think if you listen to it straight through, there's a continuity with with the sound that is so special and, and he's taken a lot of the stuff from Kanye. I don't know if you noticed, there's so many like similar yeah. Kanye sounds in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even shouts them out too. Yeah. I was looking at the credits. He was only credited on one song as a producer. Right. But even, even I know, it, I know what you're saying though. Like it, the sound. Yeah. It was very Kanye. Like a lot of the beats, the 808s, a lot of that was Kanye. And so a lot of it to me felt like an iconic, somewhat chill, somewhat piped up Travis album that definitely ranks up there for sure to me. Damn. Amongst I, his, amongst his, amongst I, his music. I'm not saying it's top top anything. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 up there. There's two points that I like really disagree with that you just said. Okay. Number number one, you said that there are some bad songs. But for the most part, it's pretty good. Why I hate that statement is because on an album like Rodeo, on an album like Birds, on an album like Astro, on an album like Huncho Jack, there really weren't any bad songs. Well, Rodeo is a 10 for me. I have it on CD in my car. Okay, fair. But to me, an 8 is high. To me, an 8 means that there are... If it's a 19-song album, which Utopia was, that there's three songs that you probably are like, eh, that's bad. That's what an eight means to me. Because that's about 80%. That's like that's can just kind of how my brain like does the math on it. When I listen to the album, I listened to it three times completely over, start to finish, didn't skip any songs. I saved, after those three complete listens, I saved eight songs out of the 19. There were 10 songs on that album that I, th- I just thought, like, either one, the feature just, like, had no reason being there, or two, it didn't just fit with the flow of the album, to me, personally. And my conclusion was that if you were to, if you were to put a gun to my head right now and you were to say, rank all of Travis Scott's album, Utopia is 100% at the bottom for me. Like, I'm going rodeo over it. For yeah. sure. Birds in the Trap, I'm going over it. For sure. Huncho Jack, I'm going over it. Because there's still songs to this day that I'll listen to on Dude, that Huncho album. Dude, Jack, quick, very quick aside, got shit on for no reason. No, it's incredible. That album was really good. It might be Quavo's best album. I think, Maybe. I yeah. think it, it's, you like, culture, yeah, you can argue that, but, like, I think it's better than culture. Anyway, and Astro, it doesn't beat Astroworld. No. Like, I think... When I when I said I was like disappointed with it, it's not that I think it's a bad album. I don't think it's a bad album. But by Travis Scott's standards, I think it is. Because the guy has put out four masterpieces. Like yeah. four four albums that I I wouldn't even think about skipping more than one or two songs on every single one. And so for this one, me downloading eight songs and looking back at that, and then I started trying to like listen, like I tried to single out the songs I didn't like. And bro, there was just some songs that like I fucking didn't like it all. Like the Beyonce song's trash. <laughs> I thought that shit was garbage. I don't know why. Like he he's got like Beyonce rapping on there, but like Beyonce is one of the greatest singers I, ever. I, you know, she can, she can. you know, you know, fine, fine. I don't want to shit on Beyonce too much, but and I don't think it was really like her fault. I just think he like I think he threw features on an album 
just to throw features on an album. Damn. Like the playbook, like the Fiend song, bro. Not a fan. That's not a, good, a fan. That's I see. I think we just fundamentally disagree. Now. <laughs> I, I mean, that's I. I don't know. I first of all, it doesn't even sound like Playboy Cardi. I, I, to me, it did. That threw me the fu- the the hook does. But when he starts rapping, beginning? yeah. When he starts or rapping, he starts I'm like, rapping. who the fuck yeah. is this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This ain't no, Playboy doesn't, Cardi. Doesn't sound like him. It sounds like he like try. I don't know. He, he, maybe he's retired the baby voice, and maybe good for him. But that's where I'm at with it. It's no shot at Travis Scott. I love the guy. I love his music. Tita. It's just like uh, if you were to ask me to rank them, I think Utopia comes in last. Thing is, I don't actually disagree with your take, but to me, that doesn't make it a bad album. It does. It still me to me it makes still makes it a great album. I think you're right. You're spot on. Four masterpieces. I think you're spot on. I think there was no reality where this would beat any of those. Maybe it could have, right? Maybe it could. Maybe it's got it. Maybe he's got in the bag. To me, Rodeo is still my favorite album, right? And that's the first actual release he had. He had Days Before, which is very, very good, too. It was just fire from the start until until now. And you know what? I'll I'll give that to you. It's not as good as the other ones. But to me, it's still great. And I think maybe we just disagree on some songs that we like or dislike. That's fair. Here's my last point. You actually reminded me of this. And I wanted to talk about it. Travis Scott's been promoting Utopia almost basically since Astroworld dropped. Yeah. Right? And so that's five years. Astroworld got dropped in 2018. I think this is like a classic example of over of overhyping an album to the point where when it gets dropped, I think expectations will never meet reality. Yeah. Because... I can name two other examples of this that happened in the rap world. Lil Wayne with the Carter Five. That hurt. Lil Wayne from 2008 to 2011 was untouchable. There wasn't a rapper in the game that was better than Lil Wayne at that time. He got in some beef with Birdman. The Carter Five had a ton of songs that should have been dropped in like 2012, 2013 that ended up getting dropped in 2018. But that's my point though. Is Carter Five a bad album? It's not, but I th- I just think that nowhere close to the other ones though, right? It, no, it's not close to the other ones. And then just the the expectation never ever met the reality with that album. You know either. what? I think even and this is this is one that's gonna piss a lot of people off is Kendrick last one. Not saying Kendrick last one was bad. I really really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I'm a huge Kendrick fan. Don't fucking tell me. <laughs> no, don't get up there and tell me on some proverbial hip-hop high horse because you're a Kendrick Lamar. I know what Kendrick Lamar fans do. I am one. We think we're better than every other rap fan out there because we like Kendrick Lamar the most, right? Yeah. And it's, can we just sit down and agree that this was not the album we've been waiting three and a half years for? Yeah. It, It was really good. It was really, really good. But it ain't Mad City, dude. No. You know, Pimp a Butterfly was a cultural masterpiece. I can't say the exact same from Mr. Morale. No. And I and I think this one's even more amplified, right? I think I will give you that that Mr. Morale is still is a better album than probably Utopia is, but the premise I think across all three of these storylines is the same. Is these long for whatever reason drawn out Hyped up albums will never live up to the hype. And I think, hold on, how long 
how many years was it between Dark Twisted Fantasy and Yeezus? Only like two. Okay. I thought that one had a lot. That one I remember having. No, no, no. Dark. What's the one? It was eight tracks. It was recently. Recently being like his last two. Before Donda? Before Donda. Genius. Or, uh, sorry, not Genius. Um, and not the Jesus album. You're, you're talking about the one right after Kid See Ghost. Yeah. Which was just Kanye. It was like a... I know exactly what you're talking about. It has like a mountain on the cover. I remember that album being... Yes, I remember that album being extremely, extremely high. And I do remember there being a couple songs I really did enjoy on there, but... Fuck, that did not live up to the hype. But I no. think I think that had a lot of other <laughs> factors yeah. at play. He's doing okay now. Yeah, he's got a wife. He does. Looks oddly like his ex his ex wife. <laughs> Too much like her. He's got a tie for sure. He likes thick women. I I saw Kim Kardashian in the news about something some stupid shit, but it it, it caught my eye. I completely forgot what it was, but like these women have some way of landing on my tie. I, any one of them, <laughs> any one of them, any one of the Jenners or Dude. that family have some type of way end up on my timeline every day or week, and it makes no sense. Dude, I, we could talk about the Jenners and Kardashian family, man. If there's a group of women that I have the utmost respect for, it is the Kardashian-Jenner family. Yeah? Yes. They're players. I can, Dude, I don't give a fuck what anybody says to me. They are masters. Of marketing. At the game, baby. Masters of marketing. I dude. agree. Like, you don't get to a billion dollar net worth by not knowing what the fuck you're doing. Like, I still see to this day, I'll see the same thing that happens to you happens to me. Kim Kardashian or Kourtney Kardashian or Kylie will pop up on my timeline. And you know what? I fucking sit there and watch them a lot of the time. And I always check the comments on those videos. And it's always the same people who are like, man, like... This, she got famous off a sex tape. Like, she is, she, I don't know how she's relevant. Oh, my God. Do people still watch her? And it's like, dude, everybody knows who the Kardashians are. You know are. how powerful she is? She made a sex tape, and she's still <laughs> on, like, designer ads and everything. And Brother. had a TV show. And all of this happened after the sex tape. Most girls that have a sex tape like that are kind of done. Like, yeah. what has Paris Hilton done since hers came out? <laughs> Like she just got a rich daddy. That's it. I guess. But so did so did Kim though. Kim's it's been true. Kim's still hustling the street. Her daddy was uh, OJ's lawyer. It's true. It's true. But listen, like she, dude, she has a fucking beauty brand. I know Devin fucking is into her Skims clothing line, and that shit sells out like hotcakes. Like, yeah. dude, this these people like they know what they're doing. And for anyone who thinks they're stupid, they're not. They're worth. A couple of them have billion dollar net worths. Kylie, I believe, and yep. so does and so does uh, Kim. Kylie got it at nineteen, which is nuts, bro. Like they know exactly what they're doing. They're generational now because everyone's talking about their kids. I see that shit on Facebook all the time, which is weird, but I do see it on Facebook from time to time. Like people posting about Northwest or whatever one of Kanye's kids. They all have like relevant husbands. Oh, that was it. It was a video of Kim saying she saved all of Kanye's clothes that he told her to burn. Oh yeah. Jeff, great Dude, for her. Where? Did you see first the room? of all? It's a warehouse. <laughs> it's not a room. Yeah. It's a warehouse, a full warehouse that could operate a business, full of Kanye's clothing, and uh, his daughter is like going through them and you know loves them and and everything like that. And I'm I, 
I haven't necessarily respected all of Kim Kardashian's decisions, but that one, I was like, tip my cap to her. <laughs> she probably hates that dude yeah. after everything he said the past six months. For her to still be like, you know what? Like, let's keep this. Let's keep this here. This is this means something. Uh, I was like, all right, cool, bro, for sure. And I want to make a couple things clear. One, I've never watched a show, so I don't really even know what they're. I just know it's reality TV, and. I like that's how powerful they are though. I've never once tuned into their show and I know almost everything about them. Yeah. So uh, that's that's my little spiel on the Kardashians. Would love to have one of them on. That'd be like top notch. If we could get do we could get any of them on here. Let's get Chris on. Let's get the momager on. That'd be sick. But anyway, dude, yeah, just I think the Kardashians are I, lit. I honestly think she'd give the most entertaining conversation. She would, dude. She's fucking, she birthed them all. No, she's the one behind it all. Yeah. Like, all the business. I'm uh, to One caveat to your point. You think, you think Kylie Jenner knew about all of the designs and the SEO marketing and all that stuff? No. Her brand at no, 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 no. Her, no, mother, no, 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 her no. mother is a mastermind. No, no, no. I understand Technically speaking, they probably like that's aren't. how I want my kids to be. Like they yeah. got some clothing line pumped out at twelve. Yeah. Like we're like that's engineered, no, man. For sure. But bro, it, you know what's like even crazier too? Kylie Jenner got lip filler and her she made her fucking ass and tits bigger. And every fucking girl has that same exact look now. They yeah. all copied her. Yeah, they did. They all copied her. That wasn't a thing when we were growing up. It was, but it wasn't as as mainstream as it is now. Now what, every girl's got lip what, filler. What thing though? Quick caveat. To that point, though, have you seen the bag plastic surgeons make? The <laughs> truckload that plastic yeah. surgeons make. Yeah. They walk in there like they're they walk in there like it's a normal day going to do a three hundred thousand dollar surgery, nose job, lip, lip all that mm -hmm. stuff. These and part of it is they're all salesmen. No plastic surgeon that I see is like you like you ever you ever you ever meet a fat doctor? You know, yeah. like an out of shape, like yeah. old, but they're just they're just a doctor, like they yeah. know. Yep, yep. But they're not necessarily, you know, peak physical shape. Every plastic surgeon that I've seen has like oh, a dude. perfectly constructed face, like is 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 well maintained mm -hmm. and like wears a suit uh, over their uh, their 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 whatever the 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 jacket that they yeah. have to wear is called. Uh, Whatever that's called, they're they're always put together and they're always they look like they're trying to sell you a car, but in reality yeah. they're a doctor in medical in, in a medical science. Like it, it to me, it, it, it somewhat makes no sense. I and the other the one sadder caveat is, dude, doctors don't make as much as you think. No, they don't. I thought, dude, I thought doctors made like over a million a year, and I found out that most doctors make three to four hundred k, which of course is a lot of money. When you're living in America, but for all the work that they have to put in, I mean, you're pretty much a doctor by the time you're 32-ish years old. If you're doing everything correctly and yeah. no mishaps, you're like 30, you know, 30, 32 years old. It, the amount of wealth of knowledge that you need to have to be a doctor, like, it's actually kind of insane. Like, the most valuable person when an apocalypse happens is a doctor. Oh, yeah. Most valuable person. Next to the scientist, next to the, I don't really know. No, that's very true. I um, I know surgeons make the most. You mentioned it, but I know neurosurgeons make a lot too. I think, I think you got to think about it this way. It's the same way you would think of accounting. I don't think so because it, it's one of it, it, 
it's one of those where the the people number one selling the work and doing the work are not the ones that make like they're, they're literally operating the business and they own the business. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're if you're, if you're like a, a family practice doctor in a way, or, or you work or you work at a big hospital, right? So you 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 get a you get a certain piece of the pie. Even the, even their money is getting shoveled all the big pharma, and it's not going in their pockets. I get that. I'll I guess I'll say this then. Maybe I'll. I think I wanted to compare it to accounting because accounting you have the top dogs. Yeah. The top firms. Yep. Where you can get paid the most amount of money. Mm -hmm. In accounting, you can also work at your local mom and pop shop. Yeah. And make 60, 70,000. Yeah. For doctors, I think it's a very similar thing. You can work at Rush or Northwestern, which are two of the most critically acclaimed hospitals in the United States, or you could work for Ascension at St. Mary's, which is a government funded hospital. Yeah. Where the patients typically don't have health care or they have a very poor health care or they're maybe have like a long term illness that can't be cured. It's yeah, right. So I think there's that I think the levels are very apparent in both fields. That's more so what I meant. Not necessarily like the breakdown of No, I think it's a good point. Economics. I think it's a good point in, in a lot of service based industries. I know, you know, medicine is not necessarily fully a service, but doctors at the end of the day provide provide a service. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think there is that dichotomy between the big and and the small. But at the same at the same time, if you're if you're the top doctor in if you're like one of the top cardiovascular doctors, sure, like the guy in Germany for, you know, Kobe's foot. Yeah. He's got his own gig going on over there. But a lot of the top researchers in America have to work at these big hospitals because they're the only ones with the hundreds of millions of dollars of funding to do the work that they need to do. And I've seen that, too. Where doctors like, I mean, it's like I can't really do my job if I don't have this huge like fund of money. But at the same time, they can still save your life versus almost anybody else kind of on the street but yeah. i guess that's the one that's the just the one difference about that field it's just got to do with your life it's true yeah you it's know like so with, the, with accounting bro you know what like that it's the funniest thing is is the saying that goes in in my industry is is you know you're not saving lives here right and it, it's a lot of industries say that yeah you know you're not saving lives here it's not rocket science <laughs> i i really think i really no but i'm serious it's it's like it, it you see the movie oppenheimer like that's that's the real like that. Yeah. There's some real shit on the line, there that really, really, really matters, versus you know imaginary, not not so imaginary if you're dealing with the IRS, but <laughs> deadlines, yeah. right? Like like a work deadline, versus their heart's gonna stop beating in two minutes if they don't get blood in the right area. It's like, well, fuck, I don't know how to do that. Dude, it's so true. Did you, speaking of Oppenheimer, did you see that movie? No, I didn't. Did you? No. Okay. I'm not a sheep. I'm not going to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get it's Nolan, though. We got to see it. It is Nolan. I know it's a good film. I'll, I'll watch it when it comes out on Netflix or I'll whatever. I'll stream it illegally tonight. <laughs> um, I thought you were about to say, like, no, but I watched Barbie, though. No, no, no. I didn't watch that either. I didn't want to watch either of them after all the hype they got. I genuinely, I don't know what it is about me. I've been this way my entire life. 
When too many people are talking about something, I instantly get turned off. No, we both did that with Dahmer. With that, dude, with everything. Like, I've been this way since as young as I can remember. That's true. You didn't hop at the Game of Thrones wave either. I, I never, anytime there's like a TV show popping off, I always stay away from it. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. Something psychological. I would probably need to talk, talk to a professional about this because I really want to figure it out. But I hate going the route that everybody else seems to go. I hate it. Ever since I was a little kid. Like, there would be times where, dude, I did this shit at Fun Lunch. So we had, at our school, we had, I went to a Catholic school. We had this thing called Fun Lunch, which meant okay. once a month, we would get some sort of fast food restaurant catered. It was like the school's way of saying, here, we're nice. Have your fat people food, right? Every time they had fun lunch, it would come from one of three places, and one of those places was Burger King. And I remember there was only... I'm sorry, what a terrible... I know, it was, it was, okay, go it ahead. was bad, it was sorry, bad. Go ahead, go but ahead. listen, they only had three things for you to choose from. It was a cheeseburger, it was a hamburger, or you could go with like the apple slices or whatever the fuck the healthy thing was. Nobody ever touched apple slices. Everybody wanted the cheeseburger. I always remember I was usually one of the last people in line to get my food. And there was typically a pile of cheeseburgers and hamburgers this big when I started. By the time I got there, the pile of cheeseburgers was like this and the hamburgers were like this. Yeah. And for some fucking reason, man, I always grabbed the hamburger. Even though I never wanted the hamburger, I always wanted to eat the cheeseburger. Because, because no one wanted the hamburger. But I always grabbed the hamburger. I've d I did this for years and years and years and years. And similar little things like that I've done my entire life. I don't know what it is. Well, dude, I think that's going to work out for you because, <laughs> you know, it, 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 there's a lot more, like, poor people than there are rich people. So I, I think you're, you've got a good knack. I, I hope so. I hope that's what it means. Even if it's as small as a slice of cheese, I, I think... Broad scales, man. <laughs> the micro, the macro, the macro, the ma dude. I, I could talk about. Yeah, that. let's talk, let's get that going. Uh, I met Gary V. Um, so I didn't do this two years ago. Uh, my first boss in a corporate environment, Nick Champion, went and got me a signed Gary V. box of his cards at the time. He had trading cards at the time in 2019, tops trading cards like baseball cards signed as a going away present right i've been a fan of gary's for for a while and i he said he was coming to the card show and so i said fuck it let's go uh i went first of all card show aside from the whole gary thing and i talked to you about this so i'll keep this somewhat short but next year go to that card show that's in rosemont there are so even if, i don't own like i only thing i own is pokemon cards that's collectible type items really is pokemon cards and that's from my childhood, right? I don't own any sports cards, but I think they're cool. All of the sports memorabilia and all the shit that's there, and people have this, these some PSA 9, PSA 10, really old cards without prices, and your favorite player's jersey from back in the day. Get like, I, I genuinely think like this place is something for literally everybody because even if you're an old head and like you bring your granddad, he can reminisce over all these old players that he used to watch. I thought it was a really cool event. It was really big, and everybody there was for was there to sell something it, it was pretty cool i go to gary's v friends booth i was able to talk to him twice took a photo with the guy super cool dude uh is as tall as you think he is and uh, i i really honestly it went exactly how i thought it was it was 
He he was in his game. He was in his mojo. It was the Hey My Man. <laughs> I got a couple Hey My Mans. I got a Thanks My Man uh, and a Dap Up. And I thought it was a really cool event. And I'm glad I went. I think it's sick. Next year, go, go see Gary's thing too. I think that's the, the little thing he's got going on. Maybe I'm not, I don't understand it. But I didn't understand what musically was three years ago, yeah. and now I do, and <laughs> and I didn't understand why Instagram ads were going to be such a big thing in 2014, but now I do. So something that guy does, everything he touches goes to gold. So I don't know. It's true. I love how he's still really pushing the NFT thing, even after everything that's happened with NFTs. Yeah. Have you seen Board Apes Value recently? No, I haven't. Have you, bro? You know, people were. Bieber bought his board ape for like 1.2. Yeah. I think that same board ape now is has lost 75% of its value. Really? Yeah, it's very bad. Look up Justin Bieber's board ape. Board ape yacht club. Uh cuz there was a time when every single influencer was buying these for like 500, 600,000. Oh, more. More the the punks, mm-hmm. same thing. And now the value's like shit. Uh, da, 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 da. there was one sold for sixty nine k last week. Wow. Yeah, but look at the one. But look at what they were selling for last year. Board eight yacht club prices crash to two year low, down eighty eight percent from peak. <laughs> Dude, that's horrible. Uh, the floor price of the board ape NFTs fell to over fifty-two thousand worth of ETH last Sunday. That is an eighty-eight percent decline from the three hundred-ish thousand. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Um, wow, some of these were going for a lot. A lot of money, man. Thousands, yeah, seven hundred thousand. And now you could buy one for sixty-nine k, wow. which is still a lot of money. But I think. This is another point that Gary Vee was right about. He basically said a couple years ago when NFT started becoming a thing yeah. that the same exact thing that happened in the dot-com boom and the same exact thing that happened in the iPhone boom and the social media boom is going to happen to NFTs. I, I, all I of the useless projects... It was illegal stuff. It's true. But all of the useless projects, like 90% of it, is going to go to zero. But that 10% of shit, like a board ape, like a crypto punk, like maybe a V friend, it may be the next big thing. But like, we we wouldn't know that now. So I don't know. It's practical application. I totally see. Yeah. I didn't say this on that that LinkedIn post I made, but one of the other things you could do with cross board ownership, go check out my post if you haven't seen it. One of the other things you can do, you can create an NFT base. All of your tickets for all of your branding. So now every time somebody goes to a game, they'll get a card, a unique card with their seat number of that game that could change. You could change the player on the card given on, let's say, uh, Tim Anderson is the player of the game. He had a three run bomb. Change the picture on the card to be a Tim Anderson three run bomb. You give 5%, 2% of the people in the stadium. So they needed an NFT to get in the stadium, right? So 2% of people who bought tickets will get a super ultra rare one. And if it just so happens that that game that you go to is a pretty important game, that NFT is worth something. Because yeah. it's the same thing as their hollow or whatever it is. 
that goes for I've seen some of these cards going for uh, a physical card going for 50 60k That's right so who's to say that the digital version couldn't right it, it's like the same fucking thing so it, it it the practical application and now now you have a piece of merchandise attached to your team that you generated out of thin air that every time it's resold this is how this is how the the V friends thing is uh makes Gary a ton of money Every time one of those V fans gets sold, he gets a ten percent cut. Mm -hmm. Every time it gets sold, I remember that being a big thing. Like right? the blockchain always stays original to the so OG he, owner. It's always tracked, right? Yeah. It's all tracked. Starts with Gary's original owner, and whoever's the next person gets ten percent cut of everything else, right? The Dodgers could say that's our NFT. Like, yes, you own it now, but we get a cut of. Okay, it's smart contract, so they could. It, this is all written up like in code. So it just executes. It's not, you don't need lawyers, remediation. You don't need any of that. It just executes. That's awesome. And the Dodgers could get a 10% cut of every NFT that gets sold. And now there's a line on their balance sheet that is a different intangible item of all these NFTs that they have that they're getting constant cuts of every time their team uh, performs. If the Dodgers win the World Series and all these World Series cards come out, they're selling World Series NFTs and the people who went to the games that whole season could get like uh, a different like oh because you went to five games this season we won the World Series you get this special card yeah that we get a ten percent cut off if you end up deciding to sell or hold or trade in for more tickets yeah which is crazy and now you generate a reward program what what is the biggest value an airline has rewards rewards there's more value in airline rewards Wall Street values airline rewards more than the than the than the physical planes on the tarmac. <laughs> then the business operation being conducted, they valued the reward program more than any of that stuff because all that stuff, first of all, loses money. But it, regardless of that, it's that's where all the money is. That's why these yeah. airlines are still around. Mm -hmm. So I think there's I think he's right. There's Matt, and that we're talking one industry. I have no idea the multitudes of things this stuff could do yeah. practically speaking for a, a, a broad spectrum of industries should i buy a monkey if you i mean I, I i if you did i would not tell you that it's an unwise bet i'd be like you know that's a good bet but okay. it's a bet that's it a, is it's a bet yeah you know i'm not it's better than putting it on black for sure good luck ace but good luck ace uh i i think it's worth a shot we had a friend who did that about a year ago. I was like, hey, fuck it. I'm taking a shot. He did, yeah. A few thousand bucks? Fuck it. I wonder what that's worth right now. Should ask him. Probably more than a few thousand. You think it's gone up in value? The monkeys? Oh. Yeah, they're still up about, there. I was talking about something else. Oh. I was talking oh, about our friend's, our friend's purchase. Crypto, crypto portfolio? No, that did not go away. <laughs> um, it, that's okay, though. There's a lot of time on this. Are you talking about the NFT purchase? Oh, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm I talking about. I completely now. forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's not a. Okay. <laughs> I wonder okay, that's where those what those guys are at. But probably not great. Yeah. It was a good. It was a good. They, attempt. They, they, they got in when they could. Yeah, it was a good attempt. Um, I haven't kept up with those guys at all. But that was your point, though. That was your point. Is all this fake shit, like all that talking stops when the bubble bursts mm. and you were right all those tech companies man i uh, i've seen some huh, 
I've seen some ledgers of stocks of, and I don't know any of the tickers. <laughs> and these things are up 50, 60% in three weeks. And I'm like, what? What the hell is this? All gone <laughs> by 2001. Right? That might be <laughs> happening in the market right now, by the way. I don't know what the hell is happening. The market has gone absolutely crazy. Yeah. You guys just send a one text every day. It's PLTR. PLTR, Every baby. single day. It's been up, what, like over... The investment group is up uh, over 150%. On That's that rude. That's insane. It didn't start good, though. They had us in the first half. Yeah. They had us in the first half big time. So it it's really it dude it's it's a it's a weird swing. If you buy one stock and it goes up three hundred percent, God help you because you're gonna think you're God. <laughs> I'm serious. There's nothing better. There's nothing better than picking a stock and it's up three hundred percent three months later. You, you told me of the funniest story about this off pod and we can't really talk about it because it gets like the second we start talking about it, the person will know who they are. But you just told me the funniest. Basically, this one kid we know hit it big on like the first trade he ever made first option trade and made ten thousand dollars 300 bucks he was just he thought that he had thor's lightning bolt in his hand yep and then a month later you talk to the kid and it's that gone. value was wiped the, the margin is being drawn <laughs> <laughs> the, it, but dude it's it's like the classic it's like the it's it's just like that's why i, I, I say it's so similar to gambling it's like it i actually hope your first time at a casino, you don't win like three grand. Yeah, you're, you're, I'm, it, it's the sickest thing too to watch it happen in front of you. <laughs> like uh, it's it's the best at poker too. As I watch these kids walk in the casino, they're shitless. They're they're like they're sitting there, they're shivering, they're holding their two hundred dollars in chips. You know that's all they brought, and they're scared. They're so scared, and they hit one big pot because they had aces, and some random guy paid them off. And literally <laughs> watch the tone, the body expression change from. The scared little boy to I'm the man in this house because I went from two to four hundred dollars. Yeah. In the whole mood. Oh, let me get a tray. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta oh, start chucking those five dollar chips like they're nothing. You know, wins one pot. And I think that's the fallacy. That's the fallacy. It's the beginner's fallacy, right? That the Pareto principle, right? The more you know, the more you know about something, the more you're like, oh, dude. Yeah, <laughs> dude. At least stocks have financials to back it up. Like you could go on Yahoo Finance and you can look up the company you want to buy, and you can, if you want to, get in the weeds of the last three, the last five years of historical data you on can the determine company. Determine a fair value. Yeah, you can determine like, okay, I can, I can come up with a decent value for this company and what I think they're worth. Gambling, you just can't do. Like you, the odds are stacked against you from the second you walk into that amazingly scented casino. I still gotta buy that, by the way. The uh, the 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 Shetty Show studio. Well, <laughs> at some point this year, smelled like the Bellagio hotel <laughs> and casino. That'd be amazing. The scent though that I need to buy, the specific scent, is fifty bucks for just the scent bottle. Oh man, what do they? The vaporizer you? You know what the, I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or whatever they use. Dude, it smells so... Do you notice the difference between Bellagio's smell, Aria's, and then the rest of the hotels? No, but you ever be walking on the train and some chick is wearing the same perfume as Bellagio and you get a flashback to when you're <laughs> at the table? Yeah, that happened to me. Um, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Um, oh, man. Nah, we definitely need that scent in here, though. Low-key, though, that happened the other day and I was... Dude, I stopped. I, I think I missed the train. 
Like I said, some random person walked past me. It was the exact scent as the Bellagio Hotel and Casino. Yeah. And my life just stopped. I was like, good luck, Ace. Uh, uh, <laughs> good luck, Ace. Down 200. Down up 300. 200. Down 200. Double up down? 300. You want odds? I still think that was one of the best moments of the entire trip. We were both. Let me get them all. We. <laughs> nah, that, that. That was good, too. The fact that that would be, I do like that strategy though. It only really works though if you the guy across from you is numbers. hitting. Yeah. But if the guy's hitting and you have everything pressed, that's when you make uh, you just like. Need, you just need to hit four numbers to get your, I mean, that's a lot of numbers. But yeah. you got to hit four numbers, you get your money back. Yeah. And if you're rolling like how you did the first night. We're hitting that. Well, you're rolling a five, and you roll the five. <laughs> you'd roll a seven, you'd roll a six, and you'd roll a six. It, it was great. It was just like you get paid immediately. Yeah. It was fantastic. Instead of waiting, like, oh, you roll a four, you roll a ten, you roll a three, and then you roll an eight, and it looked like <laughs> a six, but it was an eight, and I got I got all I got all happy, but I didn't get any chips pushed my way. Yeah, dude, you know what I'm laughing. <laughs> One of the f- funniest parts of the trip was when. Um, Walter, shout out Walter, figured out the uh, the hedge strategy. Oh, because I taught him <laughs> the hedge strategy. Because basically in, in crafts, you can bet this uh, don't pass line or this thing called, what was it? No, the come line. You bet, you bet the come line and you bet the, the pass bar. Yes. Which basically covers almost every number besides, uh, I want to say. I don't think number. six and eight. Six and eight. Yeah, I don't six think. And eight, six and eight and nine. Yeah. Or no, nine's covered. Six and eight. Besides six and eight, every other number, you will either break even or win them both. Mm-hmm. And as soon as our friends saw me basically break even for 20 <laughs> minutes straight with this strategy, because I honestly didn't want to win or lose any more money. I was just trying to keep my nerves together. So I, I was like, oh, I've really only... Lo-. And then I put, put my bet on the six and the eight. Yeah. So I never lose yeah. at that point. And... Um, yeah, you fell in love. And you fell in love, dude. But the stuff he was saying to me, like the stuff he was whispering in my ear, the stuff like, I was like, saying, it's like this is a dividend. This is like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like this pays out like a dividend does, dude. I, I just thought, dude, shout out Walter, that was fucking hilarious. Great way to cap off the podcast, uh, the home, the Home Depot, the Home fucking Depot, baby. Um, yeah, I thought, I think that's a that's a wrap. What do you think? That's a wrap, baby. Wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Episode number 81 of the Shetty Show, the Shivanetti Show, only known now as the Shetty Show on all of our social medias as well as Spotify. So if you want to look us up, just type in Shetty, S-H-E-D-D-Y. That's all you got to type in will be the first thing that pops up. Make sure you listen to the podcast. We have a super dope guest coming on, I believe, next week. It got pushed back a little bit. Um, But we have a guest we've been waiting to have on for a little while. He should be coming on in the next couple weeks. We have a bunch of stuff planned. Our hundredth episode's coming up soon. We got to do something big for that. That'll be in the fall. Yeah, it'll yeah. it'll literally line up almost with when we started the podcast two years ago in October. Holy shit! Pretty much, because we have it's been two years. We have nineteen weeks left, and there's probably about um, maybe not. There's like twelve weeks till. Okay, that'll be the new year though. Yeah, but it'll be it'll be close to. It'll to be the new, new year. We gotta do. I've been I've been ha- I've been tossing some ideas around in my own head. 
I was thinking a couple things. I think one we can do a like a live show with our friends and just get them like all around and then we record it. They can be doing whatever the fuck in the background. I've seen the Nelk boys do this a couple times and it's pretty dope. Like they had a oh. they did a podcast at a, a wedding once. And so the wedding was going around like kind of in the background and there was a ton of stars who just popped in. So basically like our friends who have been on the podcast could just sit down, pop in for 10 minutes, we kick one out. Next one comes in and we just start fucking okay. shooting the shit with all the guys. That's one of the ideas I've had. That means that means the sh- we need to host some function. We do. We should have the function. Standard. Go- we should have the fa- function going on in the background and like it's just loud music. And <laughs> thank God we have these mics so they can actually pick up our voice and everything around. <laughs> yeah. Boom, 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 boom. People are like, hey, well, dude, do you have a? Hold on. Can you uh, pass me a beer? Um. Yes. I hope that's not going on. What? Somebody in my house is like, yo, dude, can you pass me a beer? I'm waking up from a bad dream or something. <laughs> what is it, only seltzers now? We're only seltzers, vodka? No, we got coronas. Okay, fair. Um, peace, love, and happiness. Peace, love, and happiness. Follow us on the Instagram, TikTok, um, re- whatever the fuck the new Instagram app's called. And you guys have a great... Threads X. Threads X, boom.